what is up? And welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are attempting to find the 13 best movies of our good old friend Stevie here. That's right. It's our first ever four-person, 13-movie yeah. collaborative draft. And we're talking about Mr. Spielberg himself. What could go wrong? Nothing. God, just, it's going to be a perfect pod. I'm, I cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. So you're right, Ben. This is our first four-person, 13-movie draft. Um, of course, we are an A24 pod. Um, but the last episode of every single month, uh, at least the last few months, we've been kind of dipping our toes into this kind of collaborative draft that we have enjoyed doing here. We did Christopher Nolan first, um, Justice for Tenet and, and Oppenheimer. I can't believe I have to say that on this pod. That's unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then, then we, uh, then we, we did musicals, um, and then we did Scorsese last month and we are on to good old Stevie this month. Now, every single one of those drafts has just been you and I and, a, and one guest. We yeah. have two guests with us this time. We have two incredible people joining us. So we upped the ante to 13 movies instead of 11, which will be really fun. Um, so first off, we have Beth Ann of the Cinematic Symphony pod. Good good friend of the pod, good friend of ours. Um, mm -hmm. Here to inspire a little chaos. Beth Ann, welcome to the show. Thank you. It has, like I was telling Ethan, been a hot minute since I've been on any show, really. So mm -hmm. I'm glad to hang out with Ben and Ethan and... Get some, get my, my shit talking is a little rusty. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see if the jokes hit or not. We'll get you oiled up. You'll be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta use it or lose it for sure. Uh, and then our, our fourth guest, um, you know, kind of what we like to do on this show. First time guests, we like to really have them on for the drafts and, and throw them into the fire and just really determine our friendship status based on like, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter. And that's pretty much it. That's all we're going off of here. Um, Brian Sudfield of the, uh, film fragments podcast, Brian, Welcome to the pod. Very first time. Pleasure to have you. How are you? Good, guys. I'm so excited to be here talking about Grandpa Stevie. I'm. Can, <laughs> this is. Mm -hmm. Listen, the amount of stress that I've had in the last week leading up to this, it's mm. through the roof. And honestly, I almost passed out right before I got on this call because I'm like, <laughs> I simply can't do this. I was going to be like, Ethan, I may have to decline. I can't do it anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable. I would have totally understood that. Yeah, 100%. Wow, 76 years old. Yeah, Stevie, 76. How old is Scorsese? I wonder what the old... 81? Yeah, they're yeah. close. I, 80, 81. I guess we're going to check. Um, I wonder... Uh no, not Martin Score. Uh, not Martin Short. Martin Score says he's eighty. He's eighty 80. years old. All right. Very impressive. We're getting getting in with the oldies this time around. Um. Okay. So it is Steven Spielberg, like you mentioned. We've got thirteen movies. I I want to start this off by kind of assessing everybody's relationship to Steven Spielberg. Um. You know, did you did you watch his movies as a kid? Like, what kind of informed your movie taste for Spielberg? Um. And and anything like that. Beth Ann, I want to start with you. Um. What's your what's your relationship to Spielberg? One of the faves or not? Or, or how's it going? Yeah, I think Spielberg is just one of those icons that's just like he's the goat. Like you just kind of he's mm -hmm. like Scorsese. You just don't really argue with him. You just kind of got to trust him at that point. Mm -hmm. And I think my relationship with him has been, you know, as a kid, you watch the Jurassic Parks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then you become an adult. And it's like, I guess we have to graduate and watch Schindler's, Schindler's List. Yeah. So, you mm -hmm. know, it's it, he's such a diverse writer where he can do pretty much anything he can direct anything and it's just it, he's just one of those guys like oh when i think filmmaker first one comes to mind spielberg it's mm. it's hard to get to that status yeah what about you brian what's your relationship with steven 
Yeah, I mean, similar to what Beth Ann was saying, he is one of the goats. He is one of the iconic filmmakers that we have. Anytime people talk about their favorites, of course, Spielberg's going to come up in the list because he is one of the most influential filmmakers that we have. And yeah, as a kid, you watch the Jurassic Park, the Jaws, the E.T., Close Encounters maybe, but then you get older, then you realize, oh, he's not just the guy that does these fantastical adventure fun type of movies. He does these downer, serious, courtroom, period piece, drama, comedies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really love that he's a guy that has tackled pretty much every genre. I respect filmmakers that step out of their comfort zone every so often. I do someone that isn't usually someone we would see from them. And yeah, I I mean, what can you say about Spielberg that hasn't been said already? He is yeah. one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, and there's a reason why we all still celebrate him to this day. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, I feel like E.T. was one of the first movie memories I have, you know, as a kid yeah. watching that. Um, and so obviously didn't know who Spielberg was at that point, but you get a, a sense of who this person is. And like we've all said, you just like, there's the movies you watch while you grow up and then that's the great thing about him is just how diverse his, you know, filmography is. Ethan, Beth, and you guys know you came on my other pod, three films in a podcast. And we would always ask first timers, desert Island actor or director. Like if you could take yeah. their filmography with you, who would you take? And my answer was always Spielberg because, you mm-hmm. know, if you want something lighthearted, you've got that. You can watch, you know, catch me if you can, whatever. If you want something more serious, like there's, there's plenty of options there. And I think that's the great thing about Spielberg. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to draft his movies. I you know, I think it's interesting. All of you pretty much mentioned his um the diversification of his oeuvre, essentially, of like what he is really capable of doing. Um, and I agree with you. Um obviously I grew up, you know, watching E. T. like formative for every single kid of the nineties, right? Like that was the movie. Um, yeah, you watch Jurassic Park, you get a little bit older. Um I think for me, I in, in in practicing for this exercise, for this game, um, of course, I try to tackle a lot of new Spielberg movies that I maybe have, you know, just haven't gotten to in the past. I am still kind of grappling with, like, who is Steven Spielberg to me? Like, is he the guy that makes Indiana Jones? Or is he the guy that, like, busts out Schindler's List and The Post and Lincoln? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and, and um, juxtaposing, like, Scorsese that we did last month, right, of, like, you you pretty much know you're getting a you're getting a crime thriller that's religious bent that's dealing with mortality and I think I gravitate towards that like singular storytelling in different settings more than I gravitate towards like oh wow this movie is Spielberg that's really cool um so it is really cool but I'm also like trying to personally identify with like um what about Spielberg is so interesting to me I do think he is probably the most interesting filmmaker when it comes to that of like literally saying like hey did you know spielberg made that and and i think most of the time i don't key in on that i'm not like oh like you know first 10 minutes this is a spielberg movie i can really tell um i think he's kind of got that like shifty nature about what he's able to do um ben i see you're wearing a jaws tee are we how are we feeling about jaws i mean here's what i'll say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm also wearing my Jurassic Park sweatpants. I'm not going to stand up and show you, wow. but I am also wearing those. I'm ready oh, to I go. Thought you were no, I thought you were no pants on the pod. No, no, that's no, it's a different <laughs> pod. Uh, but this one, yeah, I don't know. I love Jaws. Like it was interesting mm-hmm. watching all those Scorsese movies because there was a handful that finished. And I was like, 
oh, that's a perfect movie. Like, that's great. You know, like there's yeah. you know, probably three or four. I'm like, there's no notes. And I did it so much with Spielberg too, though. Like, it's like, man, it still fucking hits, you know, no matter how old this is. I know, you know, whatever complaints people have about the shark now, whatever. I'm like, it's, it's a perfect movie, you know, yeah. not, not to give away my strategy, but you know, I, I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. And he has a lot of them that I'm looking forward to uh, discussing, you know, if we want to talk about strategy, the last time of Scorsese, I kind of said, what I've done is I've broken these out into three tiers. I have a tier A, B and C. Mm. Um, C's I'm not worried about at all. Like if you guys put them on whatever, maybe a veto will come out. We'll see. B's I'll be like, if they make it, that's cool. But A's for me have to be there. We're drafting 13 movies. <laughs> I have nine in my tier A that like have to be there. <laughs> so I was like, these all have to go. So I'm, I'm very wow. curious. Um, and I guess I'll let our guests and anyone that's listening in on this fun fact as well. I've only seen one Indiana Jones movie and it's crystal skull. So none of those are in my tier a, so I'm very curious to see where Why that are you? slides you in. You didn't watch any to prep for I this I didn't draft? watch any. I wasn't going to change just for this pod. No, I have not watched any <laughs> oh Indiana Jones God. movie. Who yeah. are Every you? To think that like Shia LaBeouf exists only to Indiana Jones for you blows my mind. He's in my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I don't know what to tell you. I, um, I literally uh, put, I put this on the schedule so I could entice you to watch Indiana Jones. I was trying to help you as a friend. There was just so as much other stuff to watch, you know, and I figured I'm going to have enough that I want to get in there. I'll let these guys worry about the indie movies. Safe to say I probably won't veto any of them. And don't worry, Crystal Skull isn't going to come out of my mouth anymore. But um <laughs> Just knowing you say that, that now, line. you say I know, that, right? But again, it's just like I have nine A tiers, and we have thirteen movies, and yeah. I know at least a couple of those Indiana Jones movies are revered. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. So, uh, Bethan, do you have a, sh- a strategy that you're going into? So you you've been a part of a lot of drafts with Ben and I over on his uh, podcast, Three Films in a Pod, and things get pretty wild, pretty testy over there. And I know that you've done this before, but do you have like? you know, a, a personal favorite that you're maybe looking out for? Are you, are you willing to reveal anything to maybe kind of up the ante early here? So, I mean, my strategy is it's not a must. It's what are the three? What are the three mm. hills I will die on? Okay. Is Fair. my strategy. Okay. And I'm not going to reveal any more than that. But yes, you know, I also will be using whatever veto power I get. <laughs> that is just, yeah, you got to do it. So, but yeah, that, that's where I'm focusing on. Okay. Brian, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to Ben to where I have three tiers, like which ones I would ride and mm. die with till the end of time, and then which ones I'm like, eh, whatever, they'll go and everything. But then there are ones where I'm just like, well, if they don't make the list, I don't really care. But We're done. I, <laughs> I, I have to be very careful with this because without giving anything away the re- one of the many reasons why this was a very stressful list to put together is because mm-hmm. without saying what the film is Spielberg even though he's not my favorite filmmaker ever he directed one of probably my favorite film ever made so i have to be very careful of where this goes mm-hmm. so i i will i will be so angry if this list if this film isn't where it's supposed to be and i'm not gonna say where it should be but i mean it's kind of obvious where it should be but um yeah i it's pretty much similar to what ben and beth and beth ann were saying um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) nothing else to add 
That's fair. Um, I, I think that's fascinating. I go about this a little bit differently than you guys. I don't do tears. I think that is Trump change, to be honest. I think that's that's weak. I think fair it's enough. I think it's ineffectual. Um Listen in, I, everybody. The experts I, talking. <laughs> everybody quiet down. I'm gonna tell you how this is done. Okay. So I what I do, <clears throat> coming from somebody who essentially got swindled out of having any personal picks on the musicals list. Um, really had to go collaborative on the Scorsese draft and completely uh, sidestepped Raging Bull. Um, so a guy with with a, a pretty spotty pass. Let's just put that out there. Take what I what I say with a grain of salt. I have a perfect draft table that I have made that okay. I've made in Excel where I say, look, taking into account my personal favorites, maybe other people's tastes, little jaws, little indie, um, these types of things. This is what, in my opinion, would be a perfect draft. Now, obviously, if the 13th pick isn't what it is on here, um, I crumble. I'm a human Chernobyl, and I don't know what to do after that. So that's it's a lot of pressure. That's the um, goal for us. That's the goal for us, that's for sure. <laughs> if we can just get me out early, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> so We got to start him at DEFCON 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do have, like, a perfect draft. I have, like, what I would prefer. Of course, this isn't going to – maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't think it'll go, but we'll see. Um, okay, let's let's talk about rules. Let's talk about abilities. If this is someone's first time listening or if maybe they forgot how this thing shakes out, um, very particular rules. We want to obviously um, thank Screen Drafts, a wonderful podcast out there that we kind of um, borrowed these rules from and, and use them in this collaborative format. Um, they designed this. They came up with this. And um, we liked it so, so very much. We were like, we want to do that on this show. Um, so go listen to them. Go subscribe to their Patreon. Um, they're way better at this stuff than we are. We're just, you know, we're just out here trying our best. Um, Ben, do you want to go over the rules? I will. Also, if you like this pod again, go to screen drafts last summer. They did a whole month on Spielberg. They did five different episodes about Spielberg, the movies that he directed, he produced all kinds of stuff. So if you enjoy this, go check them out. It's awesome. Um, all right. So we have four drafters here. What we're going to do is I have a wheel of death, um, that's going to spin, and we'll we'll figure out what order we get to pick what we want in thanks to that wheel. So what we have is drafter A is going to get picks one, five, and nine. Mm-hmm. They're also going to get two vetoes. So if they don't like a movie that someone played, they can veto that, whether it's to move it higher or to try to get it off the list. You can use it for whatever you want. The movie isn't out of the draft. Like it's not gone forever. It's just it can't be used on that pick anymore. Um, drafter B gets spots two, six, and 10, and they get one veto. Drafter C gets three, seven, and 11 with a veto and the only veto override of the game. But the rule is they can't use it on their own pick. So if Ethan happens to make a a pick that uh, we don't agree with, Bethann vetoes it and Ethan has the override, he can't use it to save himself. He can only use it to help somebody else. And then drafter D, we get four, eight, 12, and 13 with one veto. So they get the most picks, but you know, it's weighted towards the bottom. You don't even get a say in the top three. So that's, those those are the four positions. I will say, um, since this is now our fourth time that we've been doing this, I personally feel a little bit more rambunctious to use my vetoes because in the past, this, whoever gets this 13 and 12 spot, has historically had 
a, a very um, light immunity, if you will, because mm-hmm. it's early in the draft, right? Yeah. We don't want to, but you know, people might be a little apprehensive to throw out a veto or a veto override or use the ability that they have. So as I've been doing my personal thinking, that seems like a pretty powerful spot to spot to like start this, especially with a Spielberg draft to like maybe get something on there that either you're afraid is not going to make the list or, um, you know, taunt taunt a little bit get people to to come out of their shells and see what what people really value um i've never gone for that spot before ben you've had it before and it's just chaos when you come to town which is my favorite part and now i'm wondering like are you reverse psychology these guys just like oh you should take it so ben can't have it or like you really do want it but you're just it's saying, all collaborative like, baby it's all yeah, collaborative the, mental, the games have started already here we are okay so we will have 34 movies to choose from we're going to choose the top 13 I'm going to say what the movies are that we have available on the list real quick, just in case um, Spielberg has a very big filmography. So I don't um, expect listeners to, you know, be able to pull up all of those right now. And then we're going to spin and then we're going to kick this draft off. So um, here are the movies that we have available to us for this collaborative draft. We've got Duel, The Sugarland Express, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1941, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. The Extraterrestrial, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Color Purple, Empire of the Sun, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Always, Hook, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, AI Artificial Intelligence, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, Munich, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Good movie, huh, Ben? <laughs> Shout out. The Adventures of Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln. Bridge of Spies, The BFG, The Post, Ready Player One, West Side Story, and The Fablemans. That is everything that is available to be played. Let's spin. Let's make it happen. Here we go. Wow. Okay. You ready? Oh, First I'm not spin, ready at all. Are in alphabetically. <laughs> we'll see how this ends and the, up. And whoever gets chosen gets to pick. They what get to draft pick which that draft spot. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to be A. It just means you get to pick which of these you want to be first. Uh, Ethan has rigged this, oh. even though I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure of it. Wow, incredible. incredible Look at stuff. me. Oh, oh please stop. Okay. Wow, that's really suspicious, Ben. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Guys, thank you for coming on as our guest. We'll be picking first. <laughs> Ethan and then Ben. And out of Brian and Bethann, we'll see. Oh, it's going to be close. Oh, it's going to be close. Wow, it looks like Bethann Beth takes that one. <laughs> Brian, you are going to be stuck with whatever does not get chosen. Um, okay, so I get to choose first, right? Yep. I've never been in this position. Wait, actually, I think I was last time, and I was very clear on what I wanted. But also, this is our first four person, so this is a new dynamic, and I don't, again, like, I, I a lot of pressure. I don't really know what to go with here. Um, do the most picks? Right. Do I want the most picks? Do I want the veto override? Um, do you want two vetoes? Could do two veto, but here's the thing about Spielberg. I th- there are Brian. You mentioned there is one movie that you really want at number one. I think that number one spot is not as up for debate as it might be with other filmmakers. I think there are a few things that could go in there, which could get very interesting if you do possess that number one pick that feels like a lot of power, especially someone like Ben, you just toss out Crystal Skull and then things go crazy. I don't know. Anything could happen. Um, 
I'm just vamping and trying to figure out exactly what I mean. Everything I went great do. with our Scorsese <laughs> draft. People weren't mad about that at all. The fact that Raging Bull wasn't on there, they were like totally cool and chill. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> 12, 8, 4. Uh, okay, I am going to. I'm going to pick. Uh, I want to be drafter C. I want 3, 7, 11, and the veto and the veto override. Um, that is what I'm going to lock in at. I you feel know, good I, about that. I feel pretty good. I love chaos, man. Let's do it. Drafter D. I want to kick Jesus. this off. I was the only person that could have stopped you, and I can't. I you cannot can't. bring myself to stop the chaos. You could have. I could have been, but do I want to? I, I don't there's know. a difference. You I know? think you like the chaos a little bit. <laughs> I do. Okay, Bethan, you now get to choose between drafter A and drafter B. So you either get picks one, five, and nine and two vetoes, or Crap. picks two, six, and ten and one veto. Like, I don't feel like I'm qualified to choose drafter A solely because. Why is that? Because I don't want the pressure of choosing number one. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you literally, whenever, I don't want that. Whenever I put out the graphic to this, I will say, Bethann chose the number one spot. <laughs> if you are not happy, here is her handle. Here's her, <laughs> here's her phone number. Here's her email. Here's where she lives. Oh, my God. Um. I'm going to have to do B because I really don't wow. want the pressure of choosing that. I, I'm right. This is, this I'm is fascinating even. to me. Brian, it's all you. Well, thank you for leaving all of it on me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all to you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay, excellent. So, Ben, that means you're going to kick this draft off with 13 and 12. Hell yeah. Um, And let's see what happens. Let's, cut, let's, let's do, do the thing. Crystal Skull. I'm just kidding. Um, for 13, <laughs> I want to go with I don't the know movie. what's real anymore. I know. Here's the thing is I think all of my selections, I'm going to have them graded as an A because this guy just has so many great movies. I don't, I don't sure. even want to dip into my tier B right now. I just want to make sure my tier A's make it. Um, and the first one I'm going to go with is one that I don't know that a ton of people have seen. Um, and maybe I'm oh. just like speaking about myself in the sense because I literally watched this for this draft for a first time and it just shot up my Spielberg rankings. I was like, my God, this is a fucking fantastic no. movie. I love it so much. I am worried if I try to play it later that it would get vetoed. So I'm hoping, you know, we're just, we're starting soft here. We're just going to like all be friends and no one's going to throw out a veto immediately, <laughs> but I'm going to go with our man, Eric Bana and I'm going to go with Munich. Um, I. I love that movie. I don't have any of you guys seen it. Have you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I have not. Okay. That's fair. That's uh, um, I mean, maybe then like with with you guys haven't seen it, it would have survived a little bit higher. I just didn't want to take that risk. Um, And I don't even know that it's going to survive here. There's still time, but I love the tension that we get in the first, like the first kill. There's a, a scene where someone's going to pick up a bullet shell out of some spilled milk and all of a sudden some blood comes pouring into it just right as he picks it up. And I was like, fuck, man, that's just it's so it's so good. Cool. I think having watched I don't know how many movies for this draft, not Indiana Jones, but having watched a bunch of other movies, I think this is some of his best camera work, like the stuff he does with the camera. We get a lot of long takes here but mm. not like still shots like we're moving the camera around, but we're doing long takes, you know, focal lengths changing all that kind of stuff so it's fantastic eric, eric banna was awesome um i know they talk about that movie in funny people uh seth rogan you know he talks about like a lot of us got laid thanks to eric banna in that movie for sure so <laughs> um, we got to shout out that as well but uh and then the way it ends with this slow decline into paranoia 
is just so well done because we, we get callbacks to everything that's happened throughout the movie. Um, I don't want to like spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but it's, I think it's fantastic. I'm bummed. I haven't seen it earlier. I'm so glad that I watched it for this though. Cause I was, I own a copy and it's in storage somewhere and I couldn't find it. So I literally rented it. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm going to like this movie. So I rented <laughs> this a, movie wow, to watch. That's a risk. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, and I couldn't be happier. So yeah. I want to kick this off with Munich. I'm pass it off to you guys for your thoughts on the movie and whether or not you think it should stay, but that's what I'm, I'm kicking off with. That's fair. Look, coming from a guy who's never seen the movie. I mean, I, as you know, it feels a little unethical to play a veto on a movie that's a that's a gamble. That's a risk. Yeah. You know, like I, I maybe I actually do. Maybe Munich would be my number thirteen. I just don't know. Um, I only you know I can only get to so many movies, and I thought it did a pretty good job. Munich wasn't one of them, so I don't know. I kind of removed myself from the situation, and once again, you know, I don't have the guts to play a veto on the very first <laughs> round of the game. Um, but you both of you have seen Munich. What do what do you what do you think of this thirteen pick? No, I think it's actually the perfect place for it. Um. I mean, I could see it in that 10 and 10 and sorry, yeah. uh, 10 through 13. I think if it's anywhere within there, cause it, it is, okay. it's a really good Spielberg film. It's a sleeper kind of film in the sense of no one really knows too much about it. It didn't make the biggest impact that it could in the sense of like history timeline, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's the jaws and then there's Munich. And I, I like those films that like are kind of like hidden gems yeah. in his, uh, filmography. So, no, I think it's a solid pick. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you look at Spielberg rankings, a lot of people tend to put Munich in the 10 to 15 range. It is one of his more underrated films, which is really unfortunate because, honestly, it's in contention for some of the best filmmaking that he's ever done. It's thrilling. It's slow. It's intense. So many emotions throughout that film. And it's kind of sad that it is underrated because it was a huge awards player. It got a lot of Oscar nominations. And you would think with that, it would be a lot more popular. And obviously with the gruesome subject, it's definitely not one that's as rewatchable as some of his other films. But it's definitely one that shouldn't be ignored because it really is an impressive outing from Spielberg. Yeah, can't argue. I didn't know it had Daniel Craig in it. That was uh, some new information. Yeah, young Daniel Craig. Nominated for five Oscars. Best picture, best director, adapted screenplay, film editing, and original score. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's wow. It's not That's too bad. Stuff. There's some great shots I, of Daniel Craig holding a gun in here. Then it's like, I think they saw this. They're like, this guy could be Bond, I think. This is the guy. He, there's some really good shots in there for sure. Wow, respect. Okay. Munich is going in at number 13 on the Steven Spielberg ranking. I feel queasy that it starts with something I haven't seen. I don't think that bodes well. That's like a curse situation. <laughs> I just don't like it. It's not good. Um, okay, Ben. Back to you for number 12. 12, 12, 12, 12. Okay. So again, like this is coming from a list of all A's for me. I love this movie. It's more about, I just want to make sure it gets on there. Um, Spielberg has done a lot of sci-fi in his time and a lot of them are fantastic. And this one is one of my favorites. Um, I'm happy to revisit it. It is like. You should, you should play E.T. at 12. Is this the one I should do? Yeah. Yes, okay. please. All right. Let's do it. Let's play it at 12. <laughs> Kind of lesser stuff, but you know, it's fine. Um, (laughs) But I I love this sci-fi kind of telling the future. And I think it's one of the best performances that we've seen um, out of Mr. Tom Cruise. So I'm going to go with Minority Report for number 12. Veto. Fucking vetoed. Veto? Ah, Wrong. Well, wait, are you vetoing to (laughs) move it up or are you vetoing to get rid of it? 
I can't tell you. Well, it's you vetoed. Can, that's the thing, though. You have to let me talk about it if we're going to bump it up. <laughs> if we're going to move it up, then I can talk about it. No, conversation <laughs> is done. Veto, no, conversation I will over. never talk about No, um, I would. Yeah, no, let's see. Well, Beth and Brian, what do you guys have to say about Minority Report before we go any further on the on the game here? I actually don't know. I don't think I've ever watched Minority Report. Yeah. I thought mm. you were going Close Encounters of a Third Kind, which I was going to agree with mm-hmm. you on. Yeah. Um, but maybe yeah, we'll I, save that for later. Fair. So I have no commentary because this is one of the very few Spielberg I haven't seen. Okay. This is really tough because I don't know if I want to use one of my vetoes super early in the draft. Yeah. Boy, Brian, you have two of them. I, I know, but we're at number 12. <laughs> and God forbid someone says something at number 10. And I'm like, no, veto that. And then no. I have no more to choose from. Fair. You know what? It's, but this is a collaborative exercise. That, we're that, all helping that, each other. That here. is true. But since Minority Report is like one of his best, veto. So, all right. Wait, hold so on. Veto, the, that's a win for me because I enticed Brian to use his veto. So I don't have to use my only veto. No, and no. Minority Report gets moved up. It's a win. We absolutely did it. Collaborative. Not, absolutely not. Brian, you still have two vetoes. Ethan, you have lost your no, veto. No, that written in the rules? You I said didn't... veto. That's the only reason we stopped talking. I didn't even get to give, but give I my didn't pitch. Say, I didn't even say I didn't say I'm going to play my veto. I just said <laughs> no, veto. I, absolutely I just said a word. It's like playing not. Uno and not actually having an Uno. <laughs> no, absolutely not. If this is getting vetoed, it's Ethan's veto. <laughs> okay. I'll okay. I'll let you have it. In good faith, I can't keep with the bit. So okay. All right. I will well, use I hope it's my back. I will use my um I will use my veto on um on minority report. And I will say, um, yeah, it's coming back. Let's just say. I didn't even get to give my pitch on it. That's how quickly you vetoed me. I said, I didn't even finish the word report and you started. That's insane. Number 12. Yeah, that's that's, that's absurd. I don't know how you guys feel about it. You know what I mean? This is why it's a collaborative draft here. We're trying to figure out what everyone likes. Well, here, I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance to argue for number 12 when it's played at some point in the future. Okay. Could be seven, could be three. Who knows? Anything is possible here on this draft. We will see. Uh, But you have to pick a new number 12, sir. Okay. All right. Again, these are all A's. These all are top tens for me, but I'm just playing stuff to make sure it gets on here. Uh, This is, I think, one of his best period piece movies. I think we get two fantastic performances here. It is so much fun. Um, And again, this is like probably a top 10 for me, but I'm throwing out Catch Me If You Can at number 12. I need to make sure it's on here. Mm. We get top tier Hanks, top Mm -hmm. tier er, uh, DiCaprio. It's so good. John Williams' score in this is beautiful. It's it's a perfect score. Um, I think it's one of the best that he's done with Spielberg, which is saying something because those guys have worked together so much. <laughs> the line of like, what's going to be a shoe salesman at a centipede farm? Like, come on, you're getting like pure gold from Christopher Walken. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, there's some scenes that are just like ingrained in my brain, like all the, the planes that are in the bathtub as he's soaking them to get the stickers off of there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Walken's great. Just the airport scene where he hires all the um, flight attendants to walk with him. I don't know. I love this movie. I think it's it, so much fun. Again, this is like a top 10 for me, but I just wanted to make the list. So I'm playing it <laughs> at 12. I feel like I may have given Brian an aneurysm. But <laughs> if no. listener, right. So if listeners are not watching the video version of this, I highly encourage you to go back and watch Brian's reaction because he has not stopped shaking his head or uh, heavily breathing for the last 90 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Brian, what's going on, dude? Well, how are we? <laughs> We're not, we're, we're not okay. We're not okay. <laughs> we're not okay. <laughs> Number 12. <laughs> We bumping ben, it I up. Su- I support your decision, Ben. Number 12 is great. 
I mean, you do have two vetoes, Brian. You can, you did it last time. I have faith in you if you want. I agree with you. I think this should be vetoed and moved higher, but I just wanted to make sure it was on here. But follow your heart. It should be moved up higher. You have the but power. But what if I veto override you, Brian? What if I just get you to burn a veto? Ah, and then it's you. like, ah, Brian, I agree with you, but I it only have happen. one veto. So, so take it for us. It sounds Place like everyone higher, wants it higher, Brian. but how about I just don't want it on the list? How about that? Oh my God, are you what trying to make me die on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong? I'm with just you? asking. I'm just asking. What I'm gonna if? be. I'm gonna be quite honest with you. My ranking that I have goes out to 20 movies, and Catch Me If You Can is not in the top 13. That's insane. Oh my God, is it though? What? Yes, it Ethan. is. It's insane. <laughs> Why? Jesus. I love it. Jaws also not in the top 13. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I, would, I would quit the pod if that was true. Oh my God. <laughs> the man woke up and said chaos. Yeah. He took it's been a long to, time cooking. He took hey, it to Brian, a 10. What are we doing? What are we? Are you? Are we going to veto? Don't be afraid of his override. Veto? He's just, he's bluffing. He's not you think I'm do just going to flex that override? When will I get to use that again, though? That's the question. I don't know. You gotta really, I gotta feel really strongly about something to use an override. I what, feel like okay. that's. What if I lot. play Indiana Jones? Okay, okay, I can't use both vetoes super early in the episode. So, unfortunately, you, no veto this time. Okay, you still have you two still, vetoes you left. Two. You didn't use your one last time, but if you want oh, to hold I, on. Oh, I didn't use it? Oh, my no, God. No, yeah, we used Ethan's, so you still have oh, okay. two. So if you want to use it, if that changes anything for you, that's Oh, fine. okay, then yes, use use one, please. One veto okay. for this, please. <laughs> I, I, I oh, have man. to follow my heart. Incredible. I have to follow my heart. Wow, they're striking out on 12. <laughs> I mean, I love it, It's but it's also just chaos, because now it's like, I'm only going to play movies that I think are better than these. I'm not going to go down. <laughs> I'm That's only fair. Get better. Yeah. Um, I, oof. Wow. All right. I hope we'll be talking about that later because I want to hear so in Beth theory, and stuff on that. In theory, that means that one through 11, one of those spots is claimed for Catch Me If You Can. So. And we Minority really Report. Two, I mean, you got two vetoes for right, two movies. And Minority so, yeah. Report. So we really only have nine. Open, after number 12, we really only have nine open spots, not 11. Yeah. Something to consider. Something to, something to consider. Keep it in your back pocket. Think about it. Yeah. Just saying. And I will say the courtesy of the game is if you veto something, you play it. So later on, but we'll see how that rolls out. <laughs> courtesy, okay. of, courtesy of the game. Yeah, it is a courtesy of the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is like, honestly, a top three for me, but <laughs> I'm playing it what? here because... I, I need it to get played. I don't know what else to play here. Like this You don't is, think it'll get played top three by somebody else? No, I don't. I don't know what like childhood we all grew up with. And I love this movie so much. It's like maybe not I, like technically the best movie ever, but I cannot separate my nostalgia from this. And I want to keep that in mind while playing this. So I don't know. I'm genuinely not trying to get vetoes out of everyone. I just want to play <laughs> shit that I want on this list. Um, so I'm going with one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the one that yeah. Spielberg doesn't love that he did, but that I think is a masterpiece. And that's Hook. Mm. I'm going to play it here mm. at 12. Okay. Robin Williams, yep. just like so important. You know, he was one of those like celebrity deaths that like hit me a lot harder than I anticipated. It's like, oh shit. Like I actually have like a 
very tight connection with him that I didn't anticipate. And I know hook is a huge part of that. Like he's, I think he's great in this movie. I think it's obviously super funny. The set design, the production on this movie is fantastic. There was a lot of like behind the scenes drama with like Julia Roberts and a lot of shit going on. And Spielberg just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like he got to make the movie that he was like wanted to make. Cause he just couldn't do it. But I still think it's great. I grew up with it. We get fucking Phil Collins and Glenn close in this. We have George Lucas and Carrie Fisher making cameos in here. Like it's a cameo central Bob Hoskin as me is awesome. He's like maybe the best role in this movie, in my opinion, like he's, he's perfection. Um, and honestly, it, was, it surprised me again, watching it now, how much it hit me that first time the imaginary food hits Rufio in the face. I'm like, Oh shit. Like he's fucking finally doing it. He believes, you know, it's like, we we did it. You guys, we did it, Joe. Um, so yeah, I'm playing <laughs> hook at 12 because I know it may not technically be one of his best movies ever. It's one of my absolute favorites. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. Have you seen hook Ethan? Have you seen Indiana Jones, Ben? You can't answer my question with the question. <laughs> I've, I've declared Look, that I've not seen Indiana Jones. Listen, you didn't watch Indiana Jones. You didn't watch any of the original Indiana Jones movies. I knew at some point in time Hook would make this list, and I'm mm. genuinely surprised that you did play it at 12. I know that you're in quite a pickle here, um, but I did not watch Hook for the explicit reason. Where I was like, oh, probably a top three for Ben. I know that's going in. I don't really got to fight for that. Fair enough. So, you know, it just, it just didn't make the list. It it seems I, coming from someone who hasn't seen the movie, it seems long. It's like two hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah. And I I clicked on the page and I was like, let's watch Hook tonight because I thought it was I thought we were gonna be like one hundred and twenty one minutes yeah. and it ended up being like not that and I was like, whoa, I can't commit. That's a big commitment. Well, whenever you do that's watch just, it, just I, I want to hear your thoughts because I'm curious as someone who didn't grow up watching it, what your thoughts are on the movie. But oh, I know okay. I know my nostalgia yeah. is playing into this, but I'm sure. I am who I am. Is that a Popeye thing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Beth Ann, any, any thoughts, any issues with Hook Perfect. at number 12? No, uh, no, no I, issues. Wow. I ben, it only them. took you three times around the sun to figure it out. Third time's a charm. It. We did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> okay. All right. We did it. Okay. So Hook is going at number 12. Um, ben, you started this pod with Munich and Hook. After two vetoes, let's just say that's, that's never happened before. Um, that's a new one. So we obviously feel pretty strongly about Steven Spielberg. That brings me to 11. Can I pose this question real quick as a, is a quick sidebar. So I know we've, we've been skirting around the issue of Indiana Jones. There are four Indiana Jones films that Steven Spielberg has, has made. Uh, what's like the consensus on how many are okay to have on here? How many do we need to have on here to be an okay list for Spielberg or like, you know, are we, are we picking and choosing, or are we just gonna kind of admit that all of them should be on here? Maybe not Crystal Skull, but I, you know, whatever your own taste, I guess. So here's my thing: out of all the Indiana Jones films, only one is good. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's a bad take. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it. <laughs> I didn't know where that sentence was going, and one. that was not the place <laughs> I thought it was headed. <laughs> sucks the third one is okay and then the, the fourth third? one i don't oh, re- really remember this is but i know i've watched it. don't worry ethan i'm on your side don't worry i'm on your side with this i'm one. just Thank saying God. i'm just saying if you want to put all four on there uh-huh that would be a remiss that's all i'm gonna so say four out of the 13 spots would go to one franchise 
let's just clarify that that could be a possibility. Brian, you said you're on my team. You're you're pro Indiana Jones. I'm very pro Indiana Jones. I'm absolutely pro Indiana Jones. And I didn't know there were anti Indiana Jonesers out there. Honestly, I'm not anti Indiana Jones. Honestly, as soon as Beth Ann said, I thought she was gonna be like, (laughs) I thought she was gonna be like Temple of Doom sucks. Last Crusade sucks. I would have left the call if she said the Last Crusade sucks. I would have literally left the call if that happened. It's. I will. I, I will take it back. Last Crusade is is good. I I do like. That's Last acceptable. Crusade. I accept. But that's the first acceptable. one is is the best. I agree. I agree with you there. The wow. second one. I mean, sucks. While we're on the topic, let's just let's just clear the air from my conscience perspective. The Last Crusade is a five star masterpiece. That is how I feel. Okay. So, do what you will with that information. But we're only a number eleven, and I'm. Feeling like there's a lot of Indiana Jones energy going around here. Um, and I don't, you know, we only have so many vetoes and we only have so many veto overrides. So I don't know what's going to happen. If you want to take Indiana Jones and make it one cumulative story and put that at number 11, I respect that, Ethan. If you want to waste space and put each of those four in separate places, I wouldn't I don't do know. that. I'm not. I'm not a sicko. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take up almost half of the draft in one franchise here. But I am saying I think I think at least two deserve to be on this list. Okay. We'll see. So we'll see how that plays out. Number eleven. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play a movie that I want to personally put higher, but because of my obligation to Minority Report slash potentially some Indiana Jones entries, which I just an unforeseen circumstance that I would even have to go to bat for any of these things. Um, I feel like if I don't play this now, we're not looking too good on, on it making the list. And I got to have it on the list. I watched this last night for the first time. I am a sucker for two things in movies. Number one, people writing newspapers. That's pretty cool. Number two, uncovering the injustices of the American government system. Pretty fucking cool. The Post is going to be my nomination for number 11. Um, really slick camera work in this movie. I just was to completely unprepared for that. We're just like flying around newsrooms and zipping through people's houses and rooms of people uncovering, you know, boxes of government secrets, essentially a, a breaking bad reunion of sorts. We have Jesse Plemons. We have Bob Odenkirk. Um, the guy who plays Gail gets in like a good one liner joke, uh, at the dinner table, really good stuff here. I don't think Meryl Streep should have been nominated for an Oscar, but that's okay. Um, I don't think it's what? a perfect movie, but I think it's a great movie. Um, and I, I really like the post. I really like the post. How, how do we all feel about this? Because this is kind of like untrekked territory for me. I haven't really talked about this movie with anybody before. Oh, the post is great. Excellent. It's, it's one of, I mean, looking at kind of like the last, I don't know, one that came out, 2017, past five or six years, that's, that's up there for me for Spielberg or just movies in general. Okay. Good. Oh, yeah, right. To talk, I was gonna let him go. <laughs> yeah, the the post is awesome. It's it's honestly really really great, and you know the whole story behind when they made it. Like he shot that very last minute. He wasn't even supposed to make that film, and then oh. everything happened with the 2016 election. And he's like, "We gotta make this now. We can't make mm-hmm. this five years down the road. We have mm-hmm. to make this now." He shot it in two months, from May to July of 2017, and then the movie came, premiered that November to press and critics and everything like he fast-tracked this movie while ready player one was still in post-production 
So that's that's crazy. Major flex for a guy his age to do that. Yeah, and you know, Ben, you brought that it has newspapers and a political thrower, but most importantly, it has Bob Odenkirk. And anytime Bob Odenkirk is in something, it has to be yeah. on the list, no matter what. We A-plus. win with, with David Cross, too. We get a Mr. Oh, Show I, reunion. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Mr. Show reunion. I didn't even think about that. Like, I... Wow. I, I'm setting aside your feelings on Meryl Streep getting nominated, because I think this is, like, a top 10 performance from Meryl Streep. I think she's fucking wow, amazing in this movie. I don't think okay. it'd be nearly as good. Like, the cameos are great. Everyone's fun. Poor Sarah Paulson getting underutilized oh, oh, like, yeah. i could have done She's with in, a lot like, more two of her scenes max. yeah which is such a bummer but it is such a, like a wide cast um so yeah i don't know which by the way like tom hanks totally out of his league with her like she oh, is 100%. way above his pay grade i mean Come it's, it's meryl what do you like, who's no no, no i'm saying sarah paulson oh like, sarah paulson oh oh yeah gotcha. like they're married yeah, like, like tom together. hanks c- could not have lost yeah he's punching no up way. for sure <laughs> punching up um, <laughs> I do like this though. It's that Washington Post money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like this as a prequel to Dick. Um, I think this like just slides right Mm -hmm. in. So if you ever do a double feature, I think throw on Dick after you watch this. But um, I'm still, I like the post. It was tier B for me, but it's a great movie. So I'm happy with it. Okay. All right. I feel really good about that. I'm glad. I was just getting a little concerned that that might not show up later on the list as things start to narrow here. Um, you really want to get Tintin pretty, on there, don't you? I feel I you <laughs> we gotta bring gotta Tintin, Tintin on. <laughs> we gotta get him part of the sun. <laughs> um, you, you love me some Tintin. <laughs> Bethan, welcome to the welcome to the draft. It is officially your turn. Um, a tough position to be in number ten because this is kind of like we're kind of moving into Act Two of the list here. We're kind of uh, upping the energy and the ante a little bit. We know how things are, are slotted. What's your number ten nomination? So. It's a lot between, of pressure. It's between two. And either I can choose the logical route, rational route, or I can choose chaos. Chaos. There are two wolves well. inside of me, and I <laughs> yeah. don't know which one it's going to be. What's your two? What are your two options? Let's talk through this, because this is a collaborative draft. I'm very curious where we're at. The first one is Bridge of Spies. Okay. A movie I did not watch, but I really wanted to. I love Bridge of Spies for the acting alone. I think Mark Rylance stepped into his Mm -hmm. own. I mean, that's the movie I feel like that really put him on the map. For sure. And really showed, you know, from there he was then in Dunkirk. He was in, well, the BFG, which, you know. BFG, yeah. Dude, yeah. Wow. The other one I'm considering is... Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do it. Do yeah. It. No, that's good. Yeah. So those, those, that's my chaos pick. I almost did E.T. just to get some vetoes used, but <laughs> I don't feel like being the villain tonight. I like that. I like wow, that. okay. Just tonight. I know. Can you believe it? Becoming yeah. benevolent in my old age. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Look at you. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, but... I feel like Close Encounters just fits the fits the 10 better. But that's also yeah. coming from somebody who hasn't seen the other movie, you know? Well, here's the thing. I think Close Encounters is, you know, it's a perfect example of 70s sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. It's tying in aliens. It's tying in elements of, like, horror. It almost has this Stanley Kubrick-esque feel to mm-hmm. it. Something that Spielberg didn't really do that much i feel like he doesn't really tap into that 
And then you have my one of my favorite lines of him building up the mashed potatoes and says, this means something. This means something. Yeah. I did that every this fucking Thanksgiving. Yeah. I did this every fucking day. You know what? My choice is made. I have to choose there on the salt like yeah. Ben did. Hell we did yeah. it. I have, <laughs> that's what it is. Close encounters of a third kind. I think that's a great pick. This is honestly the one that just barely missed my tier A. This is like a, I love this movie, so I'm happy to see it here. The mashed potato scene is awesome. And the fact mm-hmm. that like Weird Al mocked it in UHF is even yes. better. You know, like he didn't, he didn't mock Bridge of Spies, that's for sure. But he did Close Encounters. So I think that <laughs> needs to be there. But what he does, even just with lighting, that scene where Dreyfus is sitting there looking at the map and the lights come up behind him. He's like, oh, move along, you know, and the car goes by. And then he does it again and the lights go up above him. Like, oh shit, that's, that's crazy. Yep. Like, and it's just some fucking lights on a rig. You know, when you think about how the movie's made, I'm like, but it's so powerful. It's so well done. Dreyfus is fantastic showing what it's like to be this, like taken over just to be obsessed with something. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's so good in this. So I, I'm very happy you picked this. I love this movie. And can I add a quick note? Cause you mentioned UHF. I saw that scene in UHF. First. yes hell yeah. so when i saw mm. close encounters with my brother i was like oh i know this line that's the best way to experience word out right like listen to his song first they're like oh okay that's what this is from I like that's it. what it means <laughs> i like it i think it's a great pick brian what do you feel like close encounters oh yeah it's a perfect film to be at the number 10 spot it is one of the best sci-fi films of all time in my opinion and i mm. was partially worried going into this list that nobody was going to even put it on here, so I'm glad that Beth Ann put it here at number 10, and, you know, you guys were talking a little bit about some of the shots in this movie. One of my all-time favorite shots is in this film. It's when the little kid opens the door and you see all the UFOs surround the house. Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, like, truly incredible stuff. Yeah, so I'm glad it's at number 10, because if it weren't in the top 10, I would have been very, very surprised. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Number 10. Good job, Beth Ann. Chaos pick ended up being pretty good, pretty low-key, pretty safe. Uh, Not as chaotic as we anticipated. Brian, number nine, your first entry into the draft here. What are you nominating? Okay. So, it was between two films for me. And I knew that if we were going to be talking about Spielberg, we couldn't not have this on the list because Beth Ann had talked about how Bridge of Spies is one of Spielberg's best outings recently. And then, Ethan, you brought up The Post, obviously. But to me, in terms of the last five to Mm. six years, I would say, my favorite outing from him is the film I'm going to pick as number nine, that's West Side Story. Fuck yeah. Cool. Interesting. I'm not super high on the original West Side Story. I'll be the first to admit that. I think it, for the time, it was very, very impressive. The choreography is next level and everything. But obviously, it doesn't hold up as well nowadays due to certain reasons. A lot of brown face. In a lot movie. of brown face. <laughs> a lot of brown face. And you know, <laughs> and, and you know what? The sin, not the greatest in my opinion. Yeah. But when Spielberg announced that he was going to do another adaptation of this, everyone's like, why do we need another West Side Story? We already have the one from the 60s and everything. And Spielberg directed it. He's never done a musical before. But the musical sequences are so beautifully directed that it feels like they were held by someone who had directed musicals for many, many years. And the fact that this was his first is so shocking to me. And it just comes to show how much gravitas and emotion and everything that Spielberg puts into every single one of his films. And, you know, a lot of people call this a remake, 
it's not a remake of the original. It's just another adaptation of yeah. the source material. And I think if you're going to think of the proper West Side Story adaptation to show to people in the coming years, I think this is the true one. And it's so sad that this movie is so close to being the five star. The filmmaking is five star. Like, there's no qualms with the filmmaking. But unfortunately, the lead of the movie stuck out like a sore thumb mm. every pushing everything aside with yeah. him like his acting not the greatest his saying it was fine it was tolerable i guess but everything just truly truly incredible about this movie and i was worried that this wasn't going to get a lot of awards attention and i'm glad it did because it really is some of the best directing that spielberg has ever done and at this point he's been making films for five decades and some of the best work that he's ever put on screen is here in this film. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, I recently watched this for the first time, uh, other pod, we did a whole series on remakes. And so I chose West side story, the original and this one, cause I hadn't seen either of them. Um, very glad that I chose those though. Like that there are sequences in the first one that I love, like the high school dance off. I think that's some of the most beautiful cinematography and choreography. Like I think it, it looks great. But overall, you're right, it just hasn't aged really well. I, and I, I had the same thought. That's why I picked this, because I was one of those people. It's like, why is Spielberg remaking a classic movie? Like, I don't understand. Like, we have West Side Story. We don't need to do it again. But after watching what he did, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, he he fucking crushed it. This movie is so good. Uh, he did a wonderful job. Ansel Elgort aside, every, everyone else, Mike Feist, like, uh, Rachel Zegler. Um, I forget who won the fucking Oscar. Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose. Like, she was fantastic. She did the damn thing, you know? Um, I think Brian everyone... Darcy James as the cop, actually really good in this movie. Oh, yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, th- it's a great movie, and we kind of came to the same conclusion that you did. Like, if we were showing someone a West Side Story for the first time, we would show them Spielberg's, because I think that's the way to go now. I gotta come clean. I gotta be honest. I haven't watched this since I saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and I was pretty eh on West Side Story when I saw it. Obviously, I do think I need to rewatch it. It deserves a, a second go to see if my feelings have changed. Um, but I pers- I would not have included this on the list, personally. I just want to say I commend you for just, it's brave to show that you're wrong. So I think that's really, <laughs> it's really big of you to do that. So great Look, job. I'm working ben on my bravery a little by little. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you. Just trying to be honest with myself, trying to bring people, people to the truth, to I the light, it. you know? Look, I'm not trying to take away anything from this movie. I think the fact that it exists and like it did pan out as good as it was is, is special. Um, I think that's a me problem. I think I just got to watch it again. I think that I just, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace. Like Mike Feist is fantastic. I love everything he's in. And like, I specifically remember moments of this movie. And even now where I'm like, Oh shit, that's really cool. Like they did that. Like, like the whole rooftop scene where they're like, kind of like battling on side to side. And, um, and, and all of that is really cool. Um, it's just not on my personal list. Um, but look, I don't have a veto, so I have no say. It's true. I'm silenced. <laughs> so this is a very complex subject for me solely because I'm a theater snob. Mm. So I ah. idolized as middle schooler, the sixties version. Yeah. Like when I found out Natalie Wood actually wasn't singing her part, a little part of me died. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but <laughs> but um you know so when spielberg announced it it was like for me it was so hard for me to go well let me let me back up i have watched 30 minutes of this film in a hotel once and i remember when i was watching it because leah was like you gotta go see it and i'm like it's really hard for me because that movie is such on a pedestal for yeah, me yeah. now granted i haven't seen it since you know thinking about the political side of it and like oh we probably shouldn't have done that mm -hmm. yeah. but still with that besides it you know i remember watching those first 30 minutes and being like oh like this is a good rendition they put rita moreno as yeah. the shopkeeper mm -hmm. i love that tie-in and so i'm actually listening to this conversation i'm like you know what i need to get over that i need to go watch this oh yeah so yeah. part part of me though i don't know if i would have put it on the list but then again, yeah. as a theater, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold, hold, hold your hells and yes. But as a theater person who really, really respects well done performances and whatnot, I'm happy it's there. Nice. I love it. So that's where I stand. Fair. Can't argue with that. Uh, looks like West Side Story is making the list at number nine. Okay, Ben, we're going into your pick at number eight. Can we just, can we reevaluate real fast where we... Where we might be, because during this conversation, um, I wrote down a list of of what I what I feel like we we might all agree kind of needs to make this list. Um, and there are eight movies, and we have eight picks left. That puts us in a predicament here, and I left off some pretty heavy hitters. Um, Ben, we're going into your side. How do you feel the pressure is mounting to like get this pick? Right. Uh, oh, I don't give a shit. Um, I'm just gonna play what I want. <laughs> but no, I'm 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 with you. I, Collaborative. I, <laughs> it's in the title, Ben. Fuck you guys. I'll play what I want. Uh, no, I have I have seven movies left in my tier A. So mm, I still have like okay. a little wiggle room here. Um, three of my tier Bs were played by you guys. The West Side Story, Close Encounters, and the Post. I have those in tier B. So now it's just like okay. I got seven left in tier A. We got eight spots. I hope these make it. Um, they're, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I'll let everyone else speak before I give my pick here at spot number eight. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? I, I agree. Um, I'm nervous that I'm just going to put it lightly. I, I'm I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, I've been terrified this entire recording and, um, <laughs> the, the terrifying side hasn't gone away and it, it's going to increase as soon as we continue this episode. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do do we do we want to maybe reveal what we think is still in contention, or are we gonna keep? Are we gonna go more draft style and keep no, that close not, to the chest? I'm keeping everything to myself. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Anything. All right. Look, I'm just trying just to find those cards close. I'm just trying to see how we can navigate. I'm just trying to see how we can make this happen. Um. Okay, Ben. I I really want to know what you're gonna play for number eight because if it's what I think you might play. I de-stress a little bit. I feel good. Okay. If it's not, I get really worried that it's not even going to make the list. So, all right, like I said, I have seven. That's my subliminal left. messaging to you to play the movie that I think you want to play. <laughs> and I just blocked it out completely, but thank <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> no, I, so like I said, I have seven movies left on my list. We got eight spots left. I'm going oh, through the boy. seven. There, there are two that I wasn't able to revisit, but that I know are, a movies you know like i just uh -huh. they, they have to be there but i don't want to submit them because i don't know that i could speak on them well enough because i just wasn't able to revisit 
Okay. So that brings me to my other five movies, um, three of which are my top three Spielberg movies. So I can't play those. So what I'm left with is what I played at 12, uh, Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can. And oh, wow. I think what I'm going to play here, I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can. Uh, it's moved up four spots. Hopefully that's enough to knock another veto. If it needs to go up higher, someone insists on that, that's fine. But I think eight is a great spot for it. Um, I already mm. spoke on it. I think it's Williams, one of his best scores. Watkins, great, great. Um, DiCaprio and Hanks performances, great period piece. Awesome uh, Amy Adams performance there, just like for a little mm. bit, which is kind of fun. So uh, yeah, I just, I want to be on the list. I'm hoping four spots higher is enough, but I'm gonna go with Catch Me If You Can at number eight. Here's where I'm at with Catch Me If You Can. I watched it for the first time a long time ago. And similar to West Side Story, I don't, I had a me problem. And I was just like, is this really as good as everybody said it is? And I think that was the problem. I think like I was so, people were so hyped up, like, catch me if you can't. Like it might have been during this like Renaissance week or whatever, you know, where like movies kind of go around um, the the table on Twitter. And yeah. people are like, that's all we talk about for that week is like how good this movie of like the early 2000s is. And I feel like I got caught up in that with Catch Me If You Can. And I watched it for the first time and I was like, was it really that good? Like the person that yes. tweeted like, this is one of the best, <laughs> this is one of the best like clips ever. Like, was it really? Um, so I think I played myself a little bit on that. And much like the ones that you don't feel that you could really speak to in this draft, that's where I'm at with Catch Me If You Can. Like mm. it, it didn't, it didn't make my list because I did not revisit it. And because I didn't feel confident enough in like, is this a number 12 or is this actually a number four? Like, I just didn't know where I wanted to put it. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you brought it back around. Yeah. That Dan? Part of me wants to veto it because I think it deserves higher. Okay. All right. But oh. I am concerned that another film is not going to make the list and I want it to make it. So I'm going to leave it as is because I'm going to let the other film take my spot coming up gotcha but i for the record when ethan's making the graphic pulling the quote <laughs> i want it written <laughs> beth ann tarpley at beth ann tarpley on twitter <laughs> said catch me if you can should be higher yeah, on the list yeah. i will not be doing that <laughs> <laughs> sorry the nuances of, of the of the recording you yeah. have to listen to the pod to understand <laughs> <laughs> brian you okay with this spot I know last time when I got played at 12, you were, you were a little bit of a pickle. This is not much higher in terms of like total value, I don't think. All I really wanted this entire recording was that this film made the top 10. Okay. And I'm glad that it's in the top 10. And the yeah. reason why that I was like freaking out and everything, partially because it was put at number 12 originally, but then... Ethan's like, oh, I don't care for Catch Me If You Can. And I, I I have to be very upfront and just say this right now. This is my favorite film ever made. Oh, nice. <laughs> so hearing nice. so someone slander my Sick. favorite film, I'm like, no, that's, I that's won't allow every, it. Every week with Ben and Oppenheimer, he's like, I, I don't get it. Oppenheimer's not that good. So Sorry. I feel you, Brian. Tables have turned on me. I, and, and, you know, I... I understand why this isn't talked about as much as other Spielberg movies. At the same time, I'm confused why it isn't because yeah. Leo and Tom working together under Spielberg's direction and Spielberg doing some of that 
he's never done like a a dramedy. A, a, this is more mm-hmm. comedic than dramatic, but it's so much fun. Like you were bringing it up before, Ben. It's so entertaining, and Leo's great. The charm is there. Tom Hanks, great fake Boston accent, one of the best on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Adams, great little supporting role, and Christopher Walken. Honestly, I think he should have won the Oscar. I think it's cool that he got nominated for this. I think it's one of the best performances of his entire career. Yeah. Mm. And the movie makes me laugh one second. And honestly, it makes me cry towards the end without spoiling mm-hmm. it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But it's really extraordinary. And I'm just glad that we got to put it in the top 10 because I was afraid that it wouldn't be in the top 10 because number 12 is way too low. Like it being below the top 10, not allowed. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad that it made the top 10. I'm really glad. Hmm. Okay. All right. Catch me if you can. No, no, no. I'm I'm happy with it. I'm totally happy with it. I'm I'm just I do this about every single draft when we get to this stage where I start to realize like, uh oh, it's just not gonna make the list. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling about certain things. We're at number seven. Can I take feel free to decline. I'm just trying I'm I'm trying to go about a collaborative way here. Ready player one. How 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 are we feeling as a group? Ready player one? Sickos, I'm, I'm Brian pro, and Bethann shaking your head. No, I'm pro, no. but it is not top thirteen. I, I, no, 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 I, not, I like that movie a lot, but that's not top thirteen. I'm not trying no. to. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying it's number seven. I'm just trying to get a pulse. Just trying to get a check. God, <laughs> are you I saying guess. it's number seven? So I think you might be trying to say it's number seven. <laughs> like, that's that's like that's like no, your dad listen. when I was like. Now, how do you feel if me and this girlfriend got married? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just throwing I'm it out. going to, just like I, if. I just want it to be stated loud into a microphone, into the public atmosphere. I love Ready Player One. I think it is a fantastic film. Do I think it's top 13? Personally, I do. I, do. I have it quite a little ridiculously high on my Steven Spielberg rankings. Okay. But that's a personal choice, and we can talk about that if and when we talk about that. But I, I, if it does not get played, I just want it, just, I want it to be known. Ready Player One's a great film, and that's how I feel. Number seven, I'm going with Minority Report. I cannot, in good conscience, play that at number three. I think there are far superior films. But I will say, Minority Report fucking rips. It's yeah. incredible. The entire idea of, of these, like, Beings that have premonitions, and then the entire abandoned father, classic Steven Spielberg trope. Um, and you get some insane visuals of Tom Cruise hopping between hover cars going up, um, up buildings. Like, there's just some really great stuff in Minority Report, and I think it's one of those movies that you watch and like, two th- it comes out in 2002. You watch, and if you're trying to be like, is this the best movie? Of that Steven Spielberg has made, it's very clear no, and maybe you don't have a lot of fun. But if you go into it and you're like, it's kind of a sick movie, like we're doing some cool shit, then it's yeah. a really, really fun movie. Uh, I saw a clip going around on Twitter the other day um, of like a four second uh, clip from this movie where uh, Tom Cruise replies to Colin Farrell, which is just kind of ridiculous casting for that character. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. Um, he basically tells him, like, no, you don't understand. And it's it's one of the greatest line rings of all time. My new report yeah. number seven. That's what I'm going with. You don't understand. You have no jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh it's so good. 
I, I I hope this stays here. What I wanted to say earlier before I was so quickly vetoed uh, was that <laughs> I love the future technology in this. I love that we get Max von Sydow. The screen is so cool. The screen is amazing. The personalized ads are like creepily accurate mm-hmm. now, which is kind of crazy. Um, just them calling them by names as they're walking through the mall or whatever. Um, the overhead tracking shot of the spiders like investigating the building which we kind of saw recently in john wick four it was like it was so cool to see that done um in that way and the last thing i want to say about it is that fucking kitchen scene when he has the blindfold on and he goes to find food in the fridge like i have such an aversion to i mean no one likes that (laughs) stuff but like i will gag thinking about it and watching that scene is just like it's the hardest part of the movie for me so disgusting um but just so powerful as well so i'm happy it's here i'm hoping it's staying i think that's one of tom cruise's best films to be honest with you um brian minority report bro are you team oh absolutely i i love minority report it is one of tom cruise's best films as well as performances and yeah, the sci-fi technology here is just so freaking cool, and it's so impressive how some of it is kind of utilized today. And my favorite thing about this film, and it's kind of similar to stuff I was talking about before, the imagery here is some of Spielberg's best. Yeah. I love the grading here. I love the usage of color here. Very green. Greens are popping throughout the movie, and I think it's really extraordinary. And even though I prefer the other 2002 Spielberg movie over this one, they're both <laughs> neck and neck. They're like right there this is he, this is very awesome for me but yeah number seven this is a great pick for number seven he made those movies in the same year same let's year just like, let's think about that and this for isn't just the, a second and, and this isn't the only time that he's done that he's done that yeah. multiple times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wild bethan um so like i said i haven't seen it so i'm kind of relying on you guys with the experts and i'm going off of pop culture oh, okay, yeah. i know it's so highly revered so it just seems to make sense to have it here. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. Stick okay, cool. It. I'll add it to the list of things I got to say. Oh, yeah. I feel really good about that. Okay, number seven, Minority Report. Number six, Beth Ann, brings us to you. We, so, this is high tide for big game-changing decisions. Because in my head, I think I know what the top five are going to be. I, mean, I think we all know what the top do five we, are going to be. Do we, though? Do we? I think we do. So I would like to submit this pick. Now, I want the record to show. I think this movie and where Catch Me If You Can, I think they should be swapped. Okay. I think Catch Me oh, If okay. You Can should be where I am at on number six. And I think this one should be number eight. I'm going to place it there. Do with it what you will. The terminal. I freaking love this God. film. What I a see fucking it as curveball. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm not done with my speech. There's only Thank six you. spots left, Beth Ann. What are we doing? You you said Close Encounters was chaos, and now you're playing the fucking Terminal at six? You didn't give us any warning. Are you kidding me? What's oh going on? Okay. That's amazing. What <laughs> you had like 25 other movies to pick with and nearly any movie i would have been less surprised than i am right now to be honest holy shit i'm literally dying right this is oh my god the hardest i've laughed on a podcast holy shit (laughs) let me talk through it i just love this film (laughs) 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 yeah i just really like this movie it's pretty good. I love it. <laughs> he's, Get out of here. He's pointing quarters. 
He's getting quarter seed cheeseburgers. I love that. <laughs> okay, look. Look, oh, I will you- give it to you that it's it's kind of cool that he figures out he can return the luggage carts and get a quarter back. And then after that, I was just like, yeah, okay. We're, oh, I got God. it. We're living in a terminal. <laughs> what? He's not just living in a terminal. He's a prisoner of war. <laughs> <laughs> he can't go it's a lot deeper than you think it is, Ethan. I get it. Look, I get it. It's deep. I, I just isn't number six deep. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it. But I you still went, just oh love God. the fact that you were like, "Hey guys, I don't know. Is Close Encounters a top ten Spielberg? Let's talk this out." And then, with no regard Let's for anybody, you're just like, "Fuck you guys." The terminal number six, lock it in. <laughs> it's like, what, what happened to talking about our decisions? <laughs> if we talked, and this wouldn't have happened, we oh wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> oh my God! Oh God! I think we did it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I need to get Brian. Brian. Okay, let's get Brian's take. Where are we at on the terminal number six? Okay, the terminal fucking rocks, okay? And any slander towards the terminal is really, really unfair because this is a great Spielberg movie. Can. Okay. It's, is it his it's, sixth it's, best movie of all time? You know, you know what? I don't know if I would have put it at number six, but because I needed to be here, I'm going to be okay with it being at number six. Can Thank you. Okay. Can we sidebar and talk? Of, someone of character understands. No. Victor, Victor, Victor Navorsky is, is Victor Navorsky is a great fucking character. I don't care if Tom Hanks' accent is a little over the top and goofy. Dude. It works for the movie, and I love it. Okay, let's. He understands. Let's bring the let's let's sidebar here for a second. Ben, you have a veto. And the only reason I come to you is because I don't have one myself. I, have I know. A veto I regret it now. I regret making you catchers in. So, I wish you had one right now. I know you haven't seen this film, and like, if I were in your position, probably not in good conscience, I couldn't do this. But let just just soak in what is happening around you and the reactions that were distilled from that those two words, the terminal, and know in your heart of hearts that there are definitely six movies that are better than the terminal I'm, that should yeah, be on this list. I'm aware of that. Here's the thing: is we're up against two terminal fans you know it's like we're against the the terminal i I can't i can't i don't know what i can do here because here's the thing if i veto it brian's got the next spot and he just said the words like it had to be here so i'm worried that he's just going to play it at number five you know what i'm honestly worried bethann might play it at number two if i veto it because like (laughs) she's she's chosen fucking chaos tonight and like i can't risk that like i i don't think it should be here but I don't want it at five. I don't want it at two. Oh I, I don't God. think Brian's crazy enough to play it at one, but I'm, I'm worried that there's still two spots that it could show up. <laughs> I'd rather have it at six uh, than that anywhere I just, higher. It just wasn't even on my radar. Like, I was just like, ah, we all agree. Terminal's not top 13. Cool, we got it. Like, Oh, I'm afraid I'm I guess we don't. Not I, it, but, <laughs> I promise you guys, I'm not just pulling a, a bit here. I truly love this film. I, like, I believe God. you, unfortunately. <laughs> I believe this is you. also so, one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me on a podcast. <laughs> I am literally in a state of just laughing and okay. I can't, I'm trying well, to like. Let's, okay, let's think about this. Let's think about this for a brief second, okay? I'm going to do it. Since we're in the top six and now potentially the top five with what, what Beth Ann has played, there are certain movies that are on this, in this filmography of Steven Spielberg. Of course, we have Jaws. 
We have E.T. We have um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Potentially the Last Crusade. Potentially Temple of Doom. If you wanted to put that in there, Jesus Christ, have, are you kidding? We have we have we have Jurassic Park, and I, I feel confident in saying we have the Fablemans that needs to be placed somewhere. Where's okay? Wow, the looks for the Fablemans. Are we having this conversation now? I can't believe I you said the Fablemans it. before Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. You're like, you know what's oh, really God. good? The oh, Fablemans. Look, well, okay. okay, but look, we're in another Raging Bull situation. We're in a taxi driver Raging Bull situation. You can't have it all. What are you going to leave? What are we going to? Let's cross the bridge when we get Fablemans there. Fablemans cannot make this list. Are you kidding me? The it's, Fablemans it's, won't make the top 13, but the Terminal will. I mean, you blew your veto, man. I don't know what to say. You have one, though, Ben. You have She's, you have the power. I feel like Brian's going to play it at five. I'm not just going <laughs> to veto it to bump it up one spot. <laughs> I see the chaos in both of their eyes. Like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm sorry. The terminal oh, is wow. going to live at six. Oh, Hell wow. yeah. This is, this is unwarranted this, this, behavior. This was absolutely this unwarranted. This was the correct move, but I will say if the council would like to put at eight and move Pepsi Japan to six. I also agree to that. No, because then eight it's going to look like I picked the fucking terminal and I refuse to have my name associated with that movie. So <laughs> you you have to answer for your own sins, Pepin. Oh God! Is it too late to remove my Twitter handle? <laughs> mm. oh, okay. Man. All right. Okay. The terminal is number six. Wow, that just completely deranged behavior sicko succession <laughs> status number five brian can i ask you a hypothetical question quickly yes if ben would have vetoed it which he does he will not we have now moved on from that round so yeah. no longer possible if he would have vetoed it would you have played it here no okay. would you have played it anywhere not not in the top five god yeah. damn it ben listen i don't know i'm going off of the information i have okay <laughs> I'm just a man. Brian Condus, Condusol. <laughs> okay, what's your number five pick? Okay, so number five, it's really tough because there are so many films, like Ethan was saying, that could be in the top five and everything. But I'm going to put Raiders of the Lost Ark at number five. Um, I mean, it, okay. it, it is my favorite Indiana Jones film mm -hmm. as well. Um, mm -hmm. it, it really is extraordinary how this was essentially Spielberg's way of making the James Bond because he had always wanted to do a James Bond movie and he decided to do it following an archaeologist instead and who else would you cast instead of Harrison Ford and it's, you know, you could say what you want about the franchise and where it's gone these last couple of years and everything with Game of the Skull and obviously the most recent entry that came out earlier this year, but it's one of the most celebrated films of all time. It's one of the most influential films of all time. It's really hard to add something new to the conversation about Raiders of the Lost Ark that hasn't been said already these last 40 plus years. Mm -hmm. But it is one of Spielberg's best. Some of John Williams' best music is in this film. Some mm -hmm. of Harrison Ford's best acting is in this movie. Some of the best fight sequences in a big blockbuster studio IP tentpole are here in this movie. And... If you were talking about Spielberg films, I mean, you, you can't not have at least one Indiana Jones film on this list. And I think that this is the pinnacle, obviously, of the series. It's the first one. It's what launched the entire series. So, yeah, I'm going to have Raiders of the Lost Ark in my number five. Okay. I remember watching this movie as a kid, as a young child, and getting to that final scene, mm -hmm. watching a Nazi's face literally melt off. Yes. And I oh. was like... 
this is sick. Like, we can do some cool shit in movies. This is pretty cool. And, like, you mentioned, I mean, this is Spielberg really doing Spielberg, I feel like. This is really what he is well-known for, really what he is, like, passionate about, is making these adventure films that really bridge the gap of horror and thriller and and action-adventure. I personally like The Last Crusade better than Raiders. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a lot there with Sean Connery that gets lost in Raiders that we don't have that really, um, kind of highlights that dynamic in that movie. But Raiders at five was kind of inevitable, to be honest. I feel, I feel like Raiders has to be on the list. Number five sounds, sounds right. Um, that Dan Raiders fan. I, I that was one I said was good. Yeah. Just check. We're in a good spot. Just check. That was the correct one to choose. No, um, <clears throat> No, I mean, going to the Nazi melting, that's such American legacy move right there. Yeah. Like, the only thing that would have made it better if, like, an eagle was going by as it was happening, you know, shat on him when he was doing it. I mean, the um, arc, like, lights up to the sky where you're just like, oh, right. this is sick. Like, yeah. way. Like, I think that's really the first, like, tinge of, like, you know, shit in the sky. Aliens, they're out there. I, like, it's, yeah. it's really cool. No, it, it's super cool. I think, you know, Raiders is just a it's one of those films that i think will always be preserved as that 80s like what they can do special effects wise yeah and pushing the bill and even though like today we're like oh what's the big deal we can figure out how it's done it's like i think about that film and they did things that i think pushed the envelope forward for special effects and it just has some of the best lines too Mm -hmm. Like snakes, why do I have to be snakes? It's this perfect balance of adventure, wit, action, uh, Nazis. Harrison Ford being super hot. Uh, that too. I mean, in his prime. In his prime. Yeah. In his prime. Even today. I mean, the man. <laughs> in his prime. He went from fox to silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Raiders of Five. Ben, do you have anything to add to the Raiders conversation? Um, I love the ride. Cool that's all I got. Yeah, it's fun. I respect. That's all I, I mean, got. I don't know. I don't know. I don't this, know. This, um, is this the one that has a scene where he like pulls out the gun and shoots the guy? I was Harris- just, I was just about to bring up that scene. Right, like Harrison Ford had like the flu in real life, and so he just like, is that right? Yeah, know. he only had a select amount of time to shoot, and instead of using his whip, he just pulls out a gun while this guy's flinging around a sword, and just shoots him, and then just walks away as if nothing I, happened. It's I iconic. do remember that scene. I like that scene. Okay, we're in the top four. Fuck. So Raiders cracks the top five. Ben, you were the first pick of the top four. We all have one pick left. Goes Ben, myself, Bethann at number two, Brian at number one. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot still out there. I'm there's just gonna be lot. honest with you. <laughs> in like in my heart of hearts, there's a clear top three. So same. I'm wondering, like, do I play something at four to try to force everyone's hand to play these in the top three? Or do I pick one of them just to make sure something's on there, you know, in the top four? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to go that route just because I'm too scared. Um, I've heard you talk about too many different movies that weren't these. <laughs> so, like, fuck, man, I don't know. Uh, so I want to make sure it gets picked. So I'm going to go with, um, again, a top three for me, probably number two uh, Spielberg all time for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, from the opening scene where that dude is sideways and just gets like lifted up, you know, it's like, oh fuck, all right, these guys, this is for real, this is happening. 
Like this is gotta be the best gold bloom ever. Like he's fantastic in this movie. Um, it, storytelling is amazing. Um, when we get him just like tying his seatbelt, cause like he doesn't have like the right pieces, you know, it's like, Oh, cool. <clears throat> this guy can solve problems in a pinch. Like we're probably gonna see a lot of this in this movie. Uh, and he does Laura Dern gorgeous and smart and awesome. And like, so good in this movie. Uh, yeah, Sam Neill, he's obviously great. The T-Rex is still scary. Like, that's the thing with this movie yep. is it still still works. I, I hate, I don't mean to keep talking about the other pod, but we did a thing where, like, some of the patrons that we had that live here, we rented out a theater, and we watched Jurassic Park in the theater, like, during the pandemic. And it cool. was just so fucking cool to see it on the big screen again. It's like, like, you can see, like, some dating a little bit, but for the most part, the CG is still great. And this came out. 30 years ago <laughs> like and it looks so good still um and then that final shot it's just gotta be one of the best ever of the t-rex roaring with the banner going down and it's just one of the coolest shots in cinema history so i i personally think this needs to be at like number one or two but i just want to mm. make sure it's here because of who i'm dealing with so um yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with jurassic park i feel, number atta- four. I feel attacked good. i feel like you're calling me out i am so happy you picked up on that yes uh I'm jurassic park number four <laughs> that's what i'm going i'm with. not the one who played the terminal at number six let's just be very clear about that okay <laughs> that is true that is true i brought up the conversation of ready player one and i knew exactly where it belonged outside the draft yeah. i just come on um yeah jurassic park is a stalwart it's like it's it's what made Spielberg Spielberg. It was like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, and like Jaws. Those are like those are like the three that were like, this is Spielberg. This is what can be accomplished. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have I don't have a lot to say. Like Jurassic Park just rips. It's like dinosaurs on screen. Like people yeah. are next to dinosaurs. That's insane, and it's just really cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Any qualms? Any, any veto uh, any, from you guys? Any moral Absol- qualms? Nope, this is great at number four. Yeah, no, good choice. Well, both of you still have a veto. I just, you know, just want to What am I going to do, veto an American classic? <laughs> maybe you want it higher, maybe we put it at number two. I don't know. You have yes. the number no. two spot. I do, and I know what's going there. Okay, <laughs> Oh, God. This is, this is, is, this it, is the correct is area, it the, uh, not free. the yet-to-be-announced uh, Terminal sequel, the Terminal 2 stuck in the Terminal again? <laughs> stuck in the Terminal with you. okay all right jurassic park at number four that's a great pick um yeah i think i would have personally like i would have had in a top three but i can respect the number four pick i think it's important that it gets in there Uh, here's where the personal here's where the personal problems come into play um because jurassic park has been played we have et we have jaws we have schindler's list we have saving private ryan we have Ready Player One, we have <laughs> The Last Crusade, <laughs> we, we have The Fablemans. That's eight movies. We only have three spots left. So. We, we don't have half of those. <laughs> <laughs> you have half of those. <laughs> I think, and, and this is interesting because last time, last month when we did, did the Scorsese draft, this has been where you and I and Seth, we got extremely collaborative and we said, okay, we're willing to make some concessions if this is what our top three can shake out to be, yeah. hence, hence why Silence came in at number one, Goodfellas at, at, at three, and uh, Casino at number two. We kind of all work together on that front. So we're in, that, in this stage again when it comes to these. I feel, like, I feel like there are very key movies that have to be in here, and 
I think that God, how deranged would it be if I just played like War of the Worlds number three? <laughs> this is where you that bring in Tintin. Tintin movie's fucking three. sick, by the way. I watched it for the first time the other night, and I was out. like, "This is cool. This is a cool movie." That entire sequence when they're un- like in the basement and the aliens are like, lurk, you know, it's looking around yeah. trying to solve. It's pretty good. It's like horror adjacent. Yeah, I'm not. They filmed part of that in my town uh, I grew up next to. Wow, oh, really? cool. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Great, is your great. town okay after those aliens? Everything so far, I guess. It's, it's a it's a great New Jersey film. It's a great New Jersey film. It it's it's you know there's some truth to this. <laughs> I, I, I think if we were to only have one Indiana Jones on this list, I'm okay with it being Raiders at number five. Again, like I would put the Last Crusade in, instead of that. But I don't know if it does justice to have two Indiana Jones films, especially in the top five. I feel like that's a little bit much for that franchise. I'm going to, I am going to play. Do I go Schindler's List? Do I go Saving Private Ryan? Do we have a, do we have a, a pick here? What? Why does everybody Where's look so uncomfortable? Eats? All your heart. Where is what did I say? That's wrong. At the end, there's you two spots left. Eat, you tell me where he goes. Spot. You tell me. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm putting Schindler's at two. I'm going to let you in on something. Okay. Because I think it has to be there. Not it has to. It. I have reasonings behind it. Schindler's? So it makes sense. Okay. And I don't mean to override and you No, this is great. This is, this is interesting to me. I need to know where we stand yeah. so that way we can talk this through and then I can make a totally irrational decision at the end. Brian, are, no. I mean, you have the number one spot, Brian. Are, you, are we talking concessions here? Do you... We're all agreed, right? Of the number one movie. Yes. What? Doesn't sound very confident. <laughs> that does not sound confident. If it does not rhyme with Dawes, <laughs> just go ahead and <laughs> go yeah. ahead and What does it out. rhyme with? Give us a rhyme. Is it Lincoln? That's all I need to know. <laughs> to get performance. No. You're unsure? Okay, wow. Things just got shaken up. Do I need to play it at number three? Might not be a horrible idea. I don't know. I mean, in theory, I play Jaws at number three. We get Schindler's List at number two. Brian, are you going to say what we're doing at number one? Beth Ann and I have agreed here. Or are you just going to send this into, into the depths of hell? I think I'm going to send anything. you in the depths of hell. Hell yeah. No! Hell yeah. No! Brian, we are on the verge of death threats here. We are I love it. This is how it all burns down. Did you not this anticipate something end. like this happening? Like, yeah, I love you it. want me to play Jaws at number three? I want you to play so, so it's on this list. Are you, you telling me that ET is number one? I can't have that. I can't stand for that. You don't have to say anything, Brian. Embrace the chaos. If I ask him enough questions, he'll cave. But no. You think you think you know me? You think you know me? You think you know me? Obviously not, because I do not see Catch Me If You Can in the same light as you. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Bethany, you want to play Schindler's List at number two? That's what I'm doing. I'm okay with that. I just... I can't... I can't believe you guys are going to put me in this position. You want me to play Jaws at number three? That's insane. It's number one. It's number one. Correct. It is number one. Okay. All right. I'm going to play Jaws at number three. I'm going to play Jaws at number three for the same reason that Ben played Jurassic Park at number four. I have to know that it's on the list, and I have to know it's secure. That's why I played Goodfellas at three. I needed it as my last pick. I need to make sure it was there. Right. 
I need to make sure it's there. So Brian and Bethan, both of you have a veto. I have a veto override. If anything's going to get whacking weird in this top three, that's like, so be it. Jaws is Jaws. I don't know what else to add to the conversation. It's iconic. It's, it's the ultimate um, horror movie. You don't see, you don't see the monster until the end. Like that it's, it's, it is what it is. And any talk of like weird stuff about the shark or like whatever, like, be quiet, you uncultured swine. Like, that's how, mov- how great movies are made, right? Yeah. So, like, we have to understand the greatness. J- Jaws is Jaws. It's the, it is the pinnacle and the creation and the inception of the summer blockbuster. And without Jaws, I don't think we have the movie industry that we have today. I don't think we have the box office we have today. I don't think we have a lot of those things we have today. Um, and, and it's, and it's cru- crucial and critical and key in every way. So, Jaws is number three. I love it. I, that's a great pick. Like this is, I rewatched a lot of stuff for this pod. I took notes as I was watching all of them. The only one I didn't was Jaws because I was just like mm-hmm. caught so up sure. in it. I'm like, I just yep. need to. I just need. I just want to watch it. I don't even want to write down while I'm watching this. Like the dolly zoom that we get when that kid gets attacked. Like again, one of the best shots in cinema history. The scene where they're in the boat sharing their, you know scar stories and all that kind of stuff is fantastic. Then he goes into that story about, you know, with the bomb and everything. Like it's, it's, it's a perfect movie. It's, it there's is. nothing to improve it. So Jaws is a great pick here. Obviously I think it should be number one, but we got to play it safe and make sure it's on this list. Yeah. I mean, the only reason we're doing that is because of Brian. Let's just be honest. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian, what do you, what do you think of Jaws? No, I love, I love Jaws. It's incredible. And it would be top five for me as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it wouldn't be my number one. I understand why a lot of people do have it as maybe their favorite, as well as maybe the best film of Spielberg's. I, I totally get yeah. it. I totally get it. And it is really incredible. I mean, like Ethan said, what what can be said about this movie that hasn't been said? It, it launched the summer blockbuster. The industry probably wouldn't be what it is today without Jaws. And this film put Spielberg on the map. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the film that got people to be like, oh, who's the Steven Spielberg guy? I'm going to watch anything that he makes. Without yeah. Jaws, who knows what could have happened? And this easily could have ruined Spielberg's career. Easily mm-hmm. could have ruined his career. Thankfully, that wasn't the case because... Even with all the trouble that went on when they made the movie, the product was great. It's one of the greatest films of all time. Everybody loves Jaws. It's hard to come across people that don't at least like Jaws, mm-hmm. and that just or comes to show. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. It just right. it just comes to show how celebrated this film is, and how influential it is, and how iconic it is, and how celebrated it is. It's a really great film, and. Look, even though it's not my number one, I knew that it couldn't not be in the top three. Because it is top three Spielberg. Right. Beth Ann? Yeah, I echo that sentiment. I mean, personally, it would be number one for me because it's just, but I'm satisfied within the top three because it's arguably such a quintessential film. I mean, you go through film history, and this is something I was thinking about at the beginning of the episode. Um, You know, Spielberg is one of those filmmakers we weren't even really talking about directors until Spielberg came along mm. before mm. it was all about the actors. We're talking about Marlon Brando's. We're talking Bogart, about yeah. the Rita Hayworth's. There's never really been a focus on a director until Spielberg went into the industry and it's films like jaws is the reason why, because he changed the game. And I think when 
you have movies that change the game depending on what you feel on it, whether you like it or not. You just got to kind of honor it, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All the lines. Jaws number three. I feel good now that we've all we've we've all concluded our thoughts. Um, Beth Ann brings you to number two. Yep. You could have just totally lied, blatantly to my face. Who knows? Yo, what could went you down. imagine if I just pulled Amistad or something like that? I'm not I gonna could, do that. I though. could imagine. I could. Sugarland Express. Here we go. duel number two. <laughs> no, it is going to be Schindler's List, but I have to start with an apology in my segment because I think it was last week Ethan posted on his IG the Scorsese list, and he put and Hugo was. Yeah, well, back up. Lower. He did not put Hugo. Let's get this correct. Did. I did. Ben. Fucking Ben, ben put did. Hugo on there. <laughs> but I gave Ethan so much shit, and I was like, why is this not in the top three? And now I fucking get it. Right. Like, the anxiety I have experienced post-terminal here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told them. Now, now like, you understand. I think you guys are going to veto me if I play this higher, but I fucking love Hugo, so I needed to get it on there. Yeah, yeah, Hugo no, makes the list and Raging Bull doesn't. Love that. That's hey, good. You know? That's good. Hugo is one of the best. <laughs> films only one of them has George Melier in it. One of my so. favorite films ever. Yeah, yeah only one of them's I got Sasha Baron Cohen. I'll give you that. <laughs> 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 but going on Schindler's list, and I think number two is the perfect spot for it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films, and I think this is a very unique category of film in the sense of, wow, that was such an impactful film. I never want to see it again Yeah, because mm. it's so heavy and very few films can crack that ceiling um, of it being so transparent, it being so brutally honest with history that you feel every single piece, every single minute that goes by. And so Schindler's List, it's a classic for a reason, but it's more than just a classic in my book. I think it's one of those films that, you have to see once in your life and experience it. Yeah. And, you know, I think you become a better person. It's one of those ones you almost become a better person. Like you get it, you get it yeah. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have it at number two. I remember him doing all his like interviews and press, like in black and white. Like I think they had 2020 oh, wow. or something come over and he made them like, you have to, if you're going to do this, you have to like show this in black and white, which is pretty rad to tie in with the movie. Um, what you said was exactly what happened with me like this is one of the two a tiers that i didn't rewatch. um i didn't make time to get to saving private ryan but i just i didn't think i was going to rewatch schindler's list because it is so impactful I'm like i don't know that i'm like mentally up for that i'm aware that this is like a top three film of his but like i just don't know i'm hoping someone else will play it because i just don't have it in me right now to watch watch this yeah. again um it's so powerful it's a just a beautiful movie great performances from everybody uh, I'm glad it's here. I just, yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, I've only seen it once. I, uh, I watched this movie the, for, for the first time a few weeks ago for class. I'm in a, in a uh, World War II film class right now during my last term of my uh, grad program. And Yay. so this and Saving Private Ryan were both movies I had to watch back to back. So like one week after the next, two pretty in- intense, impressive films. Um, and I remember basically going into this movie being like, okay, I like it's, it's won seven Oscars. It's a big deal. People talk about it all the time. I get it. Like I, I, I purposefully have not visited because I'm not ready. And I watched it and uh, yeah, it was like, it's, it's a movie 
where you get to the end and like that final scene and final performance from Liam Neeson, where he's like, it could, could have been one more, could have been two more. Yeah. I could have mm-hmm. saved one more person is fucking insane. Like it is just absolutely dynamite filmmaking in every aspect possible. Uh, and I think number two for Schindler's list is a hundred, like a hundred percent correct. I think um, it is one of, if not the most powerful movie Spielberg's ever made. Yeah. Yeah, I echo everything that all of you have been saying. It it really is impactful filmmaking, and it's really brave filmmaking as well. And for someone like Spielberg to tackle this, because this was a very personal film for him to make, there are stories about how he was really depressed when he made this, like really yeah. bottom-of-the-barrel depression when he made this movie. And he thankfully had the support of his wife and his family there. And, you know, similar to a lot of the other films that we talked about, another year where Spielberg delivered two incredible films and two drastically different films. Yeah. He made a summer tentpole blockbuster, and then he made the film that ended up winning the Oscar for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And they're two of the most influential films ever, and they're regarded as two of the best films of his entire filmography. Even though this isn't my favorite film that he's done, you could separate the conversation of best and favorite. I think in terms of filmmaking, I think in terms of narrative and story, in my opinion, I think this is the best film that he's ever made. Mm-hmm. I think the best directing comes from this film. I know that's very subjective, but he goes places here that you hadn't seen Spielberg go to at this point in his career because a lot of his films were very entertaining and exciting and fun. He had occasionally sprinkled in some of the heavy-hidden dramas and everything. But the places he went to here, he did not shy away from the harshness that went on during this time period. Yeah. And I commend him for making this film. I commend him for going to places that he went to to make this film. And it is the best film that he's ever done. Mm -hmm. And I think it being at number two is perfect because, you know, when everyone was talking about these other films... (laughs) I really, not to sound like a broken record, I I wasn't sure if this was even going to be here. But then I kept saying to myself, there's no way because, Mm -hmm. yes, it's not the most rewatchable film. It's definitely one of the more least watchable films of Spielberg's filmography. But you have to include Schindler's List in your top five. And the fact that it's our number two, it's a perfect spot for Mm -hmm. it. I feel like I feel like that's what Beth Ann was saying about the terminal. She's like, it's, I, 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 I think it, I don't think it's gonna make the list. I don't know. I'm getting really worried, but it's gotta be on there. It has to be. Uh, I remember reading for class that that um, yeah, Spielberg would would call Robin Williams like mm-hmm. after shooting for the day and just and like ask him to make him laugh, yeah. which is like and, really and, intense. And he would stuff. put on episodes of Seinfeld Jeez. to help him feel better too. Oh, Seinfeld played a pivotal part in this as well. Stevie and I, yeah. Seinfeld heads. Look at that. <laughs> Who would have thought? Okay, Brian, number one, the pick comes down to you. I I can only imagine there's really only one movie here that I feel like is going to slot into here. But again, <laughs> I've been wrong before. Anything's possible. And Ready Player One's still on the board. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> so, number one. Obviously, like I said, that's killing me. The the build, it's it's killing me as well. Because the entire time building up to this, I'm like, what the fuck do I pick for my number one? Like, really, what do you pick as number one? Obviously, like Ethan and Ben and 
Bethann, like everyone was saying, there's always going to be one film that everyone thinks is going to be in the list that doesn't yeah. make the list. And I know that we may all get shit for that. It happens. So I don't like the direction this is going. I love it. <laughs> I do not. Number one, I'm going to put, I'm going to put E.T. as number one. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. I'm going to put E.T. as number one. My wow. uh, Pour one out for Save It Private Ryan. Seriously, pour one out for Save It Private Ryan. Um, Ethan, your letterbox review, by the way, of Save Private Ryan is one of my favorite reviews I think I've ever seen. I, Dude, too, would I traverse would. the would. battlefields of war to save Matt Damon. <laughs> I would. That way that way he can make Oppenheimer later on. I just It's all about future and encouragement here. You know, that, that is true. That is, that is very true. But, um, no, E.T., I mean... Oh. Again, like it, it's ET. What can you say about ET that has been said already? It's one of the most dazzling sci-fi films ever made. It's also a very tender coming-of-age film, and it's also a film about discovery and finding yourself and finding the friend and everything. People just look at this film as a movie where an alien comes down. They're trying to get him home. Yes, that's the premise, but it's also about a broken family and. E.T. just coming at the point where the family is probably at the most broken that it had been at that point. E.T., yes, touches the heart of our main character, Elliot, but he also found a way of touching the hearts of everyone. And as someone who watched this movie a lot when he was a kid, it kind of hit home a lot for me. Um, you know, making friends younger was a very difficult thing. And I remember watching this movie just feeling like I could relate in some capacity to Elliot. I feel like everyone mm. could find a way of relating to him one way or the other. Yeah. And yeah. the sequences involving the sci-fi elements are amazing. They're great, and I love them very much. But the big takeaway for me with this movie is the coming of age, the family story. And something that hasn't been brought up in this discussion is that Spielberg loves tackling broken families in his films i mean we talked about catch yeah. if you can that deals with a broken family yeah. and um the fablemans the, fa <clears throat> the, the, the fablemans <laughs> deals with a broken family a lot of his films deal with broken families one way or the other and i think this is my favorite depiction of that in his filmography um but everything about this film is incredible the, the score by john williams honestly Wow. Might might be my favorite John Williams Spielberg collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's it, mm -hmm. it's hard to say because like Jurassic Park, Shimmer's List, Jaws, like you there's no wrong answer for this, but um the musical score is incredible. I obviously Spielberg's production logo Amblin, the logo is from this movie. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. of him flying it's one of the most iconic shots in cinema history. One of the coolest chase sequences in film history is here <laughs> yeah. towards the end of the movie with the bike racing. Yeah. The bike cool. chase, that's so sick. And honestly, as moving and tender as this movie is, it's also pretty fucking terrifying. Towards the third act of oh, this movie, yeah. when those people come to the house, I mean, it essentially becomes a horror movie. That's essentially what it becomes. <laughs> it is so scary. You have no idea where it's going. And even as someone who has seen this movie dozens and dozens of times, I still am on the edge of my seat acting like I don't even know where it's going. Is E.T. going to make it? Is E.T. not yeah. going to make it? Who knows what's going to happen? 
And then it all leads up to one of the best endings ever. And if you don't feel anything during the ending, I'm I'm trying to hold back tears right now because it, it really is, all jokes aside, it really is one of the most moving endings to any film I've ever seen. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. you could just see the love that Spielberg poured into this, the love that his screenwriter Melissa Matheson poured into this, and the entire cast poured into this. They acted alongside an animatronic alien puppet. Mm-hmm. And they found a way of getting all this incredible emotion out of their actors as if they were acting with a real person. And that, to me, is a really impressive thing. And, yeah, I I love the movie so much. It's one of my favorites of all time. And, yeah, yeah, I I really... I I love it to pieces. I, I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said already. There's so many incredible things. And Henry Thomas gives one of the greatest child performances ever put on screen in this film, mm-hmm. ever. Like, literally, chef's kiss, no notes with that performance. Yeah, E.T., yeah. that's the number one. I think I think it's a really, like, they don't make them like they used to kind yeah. of movie. Mm-hmm. All right, because I watched it for the first time as an adult uh, a couple nights ago. Cause I watched it all the time as a kid, and I was like horrified because it was it gets so scary in the end. And I watched it, and I was just like, "Damn, something about a movie that's almost forty years old that's like better than nearly anything we're putting out today." Literally, in in, in almost every single aspect. Um, yeah, E.T. is number one. Ben, any anything to say? Uh, yeah, this is a great movie, and this is actually kind of a first watch for me. Uh, I was getting ready for this pod, was watching E.T. Um. I started it once as a kid and during the cornfield scene, you know, and like, like they're chasing each other. And as a kid, obviously I'm scared shitless. I was like six or seven. I was freaking out. But then in real life, two houses down, our neighbor's house caught on fire. So in the middle of that scene, we have like all these cops and stuff and like people bang on the door, like get out, get out. Like we got to go get her. And it was like some older woman that lived there. So all of a sudden I'm like seven years old. Like, okay. Well, I was, movie scared now i'm real life scared <laughs> like what's going on you know <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, Jesus. and we didn't finish the movie and i just had never seen it since then because i had this weird association with it where i was just like man that movie Fair. really was like fucking weird yeah uh so it was really good to actually sit down and watch it for the first time it's like man this movie is fucking charming as shit like it is so good it's a uh, et is obviously alien but he's not necessarily scary like you you mm-hmm. have compassion for him mm-hmm. um Henry Thomas, like you said, Brian, like this has just got to be up there as one of the best child performances of all time. Like we've seen his audition clip go around, you know, online every once in a while. And that's also just as amazing. Um, and then Drew Barrymore is fucking so adorable. Oh my movie, God. Like, she's so adorable. So yeah, I, I have nothing to add to this movie that hasn't been said already, but I was so glad to finally mm-hmm. sit down and watch it front to back. Um, and not just like pieces of it that I had seen. It's, it's so good. Bethan. No, I think what Brian said hit it on the head for me. It's it's films that there's films that um that we have in our childhood that speaks to us where we are. Mm-hmm. And I think films like ET do such a great job of reaching out like that. And you know, as I'm kind of thinking here about our list and all the right choices I made. Yes. Um, as I, as I, Naturally. as I think through it, you know, it just brings me into awe of Spielberg of this man knew how to do it all. 
he knew how to direct it all. Yeah. And E.T. is a great example of this because of showing his range of just a film that's heartwarming and like Brian was saying, speaks to you where you are. And you can use it as allegories in your head as you grow up. You know, remember this scene and this is how it feels now. Yeah. And so, no, I think I think I'm completely I think it's a good choice for number one. Mm-hmm. I can't fault it at all. I think either or would have been Jaws or E.T. would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that's okay. my that's my. <clears throat> OK, yeah. well. That wraps up our 13 uh, movie draft with Spielberg. Let's go over them real fast. So number 13, we had Munich, chosen by Ben. Number 12, Hook, also chosen by Ben. Number 11, The Post, a um, choice from myself. Number 10, Close Encounters of the Third Kind from Beth Ann. Number 9, West Side Story from Brian. Number 8, Catch Me If You Can from Ben. Number 7, Minority Report from myself. Number six, what is that on there? Number six, The Terminal from Bethany. Woo, we did it. I'm Good never job. being invited back. <laughs> 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 number, number five, Raiders of the Lost Ark from Brian. Number four, Jurassic Park from Ben. Number three, Jaws from myself. Number two, Schindler's List from Bethany. And number one, E.T., The Extraterrestrial from Brian. That is our list. Um, I quickly want to go around the phone, around the horn, around the circle, and maybe call out one or two that you feel might have been snubbed, robbed, would have been on your personal list. Um, Beth Ann, I'll start with you. Is there anything? I guess I'm starting with the most unhinged possible list because the terminal was on yours. So I, what was on your list that you would have loved to see make this list that didn't? Um, I would have loved to see Bridge of Spies because I, I really uh-huh. do think that from an acting perspective, and what Spielberg could bring out of Mark Rylance was fantastic. Um, I mean, honestly, everything made the list. I feel bad for saving Private Ryan that we couldn't save it for this list. But, um, yeah. you know, it probably should have gone to number six, but I've only seen it once. So. <laughs> Can I see a question? It was a very long time ago. I, yeah, yeah, what's the, what's the question? I, Here we if go. If I had vetoed you, what would you have played? Uh, I probably would have put Saving Private Ryan Fuck. in there. All right. Even though I... <laughs> Even though we I could have had it, it all, we could have had it all. <laughs> could have. You live and learn. Now I know. God damn it, Ben! I enticed you. I I tried, I tried to like tried to bait said, you. Listen, I was saving mine for you I because I thought you were going to play Last Crusade, <laughs> and I was like, I need to have this locked and loaded because he can't about he it. can't override himself. It. So if I veto it, it'll be good. Well, I, I should have vetoed it. Catch Me If You Can at eight. I really should have, well, but. Then the terminal would have never made it. And we would have had Yeah, that, that would have been fine. We would have it would shared have been that list. Quit <laughs> slandering on the terminal. Brian, <laughs> Brian what, what, uh, any, and our honorable mentions, anything you wanted to make the list? Well, I mean, yeah, Saving Pride Ryan, it's really depressing that that didn't make the list, but mm. I am going to choose War of the Worlds. I think that that's yes, one of the cool, I think that's one of the coolest films that Spielberg has ever done. It being so a New Jersey film, I have severe bias because as a guy who's grown up in Jersey and lived in Jersey his whole life, I have to shout out films that were made here in Jersey. That's nice. one of the reasons why I shouted out West Side Story because that was shot here in Jersey. Okay. But um, no, War of the Worlds is really, really cool. And I, I don't know if I'm correct on this. I think that might have been the last film that he made that was set in present day. I think everything he's made since is set in the past or the future. Mm. I could be wrong, yeah. but... No, yeah, it might be his last contemporary movie. No, that's that makes sense. 
Because the when BFG, you know, the, the, the BFG is when, that could King be our Crystal today. Skull set, like the forties. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. It's a long time ago. Warhorse Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fableman's is is like old. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, oh, War of the Worlds would have been my shout out. That's a great fucking movie. Ben. Uh, for me, I mean, we just spoke about a great child performance. The other one I wanted to shout out was AI. Um, I think that's a really good movie and obviously an interesting situation there with Kubrick yeah. and, and sharing that. But one thing I do want to mention that I'm, I am proud of us for doing is we picked a movie from all six decades that he's been directing 70s, 80s, wow. 90s, 2000s, the 10s, and the 20s. Awesome. I think that's pretty Look cool. at us. I think it's pretty cool. The post that's and really West Side cool. Story really saved us there at the end. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool that we, we did that. Dang, look at us. That's cool. Okay, I just want to read to you what my perfect draft draft list would have been. It's completely deranged, and I really wanted to save it for the last possible moment so I can avoid any potential slander because this, we're wrapping it up real quick after this. Um, number 13, Saving Private Ryan. Number 12, War of the Worlds. Number 11, E.T. Number 10, Raiders. Number 9, AI, Artificial Intelligence. Number 8, The Post. Number 7, Ready Player One. Number 6, Schindler's List, number five, Minority Report, number four, Jurassic Park, number three, The Fablemans, number two, Jaws, number one, Last Crusade. That's my Spielberg ranking. It is public information available on Letterboxd. Go follow me. Go like the list. Do what you will. Uh, But look, I stand by that. I feel good. And if it could have been my way, that's how it would have gone. E.T. at 11. Jesus Christ. I... No, no. You know, you tough decisions to have to be made. Tough decisions <laughs> have to be made. Tough decisions had to be made. Uh, Brian, Beth Ann, thanks so much for coming to the pod. Thanks for embracing the true chaos of this episode. Uh, Beth Ann, if people want to find more of you, where can they find you at? Uh, you can send all death threats to <laughs> at e- yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. No. I was, I was in the clear. That's, uh, that's well, I was I off list, my... okay? I was off list. You played the you play you actually played it in the game. I was in a hypothetical. Oh my god. Any, anyway, uh you can find me on Twitter at Beth Ann Tarpley. You also can find my podcast uh Cinematic Symphony um at uh Cinematic uh I can't remember something. We'll have it in the notes. Cinematic Um literally my my brain has just blanked out from this whole episode. Um you also can find She Will Rock You. It is on hiatus, but you can go listen to previous episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, that's at Chiwaraku Podcast. Awesome. Brian, uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. First round. Appreciate it. Hopefully you'll be back. Where can people find you if they want more of you? Oh, yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Brian Suffield, and you can find my podcast, Film Fragments, on any podcast and platform. Awesome. Cool. I love it. Um, Next week on the pod, I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're so. recording this in advance, so next week on the pod, we'll theoretically or technically be the first episode of December. Um, we might start talking about the Oscars uh, because I am really anxious, to be honest with you, and yeah. I, I can't really wait any longer to talk about the Oscars. We will be doing our standard switchover to 24 minutes of the Oscars um, come January, so prepare yourselves for that. So we might dive into the conversation a little early. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. We will see. Um, go watch The Terminal. That's all I have to say. Uh <laughs> What did you guys That's think of our, <laughs> our 13 best Spielberg movies? What would your list look like? Would it be as unhinged as Ethan with E.T. at fucking 11? That's insane. Uh, don't forget to a- subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> we are on Twitter and Instagram at 24 minutes of a 24. 
Also, if you want to support us, uh, we have a patron, 24 Minutes of Not A24, where we talk about Not A24 movies. Uh, we mm-hmm. recently wrapped up, what did we wrap up? Fincher. And now yep. we're talking about uh, Ridley Scott. We're getting ready Ridley for Scott. Napoleon with uh, House of Gucci and Alien. And then we're going to get ready for Michael Mann to wrap up the oh. year. So, wow. yeah, if you want to listen to us talk about those movies in exactly 24 minutes, oh, no. you can go support us over there on Patreon. Pod's about to be, I don't know, 124 minutes. It's, yeah, it's going to be long for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your support. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>